from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of Indiana. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Ice Miller and Indiana University. From getting behind the wheel to throwing in a load of laundry to maneuvering a military jet. All powered by semiconductor technology, a sector Purdue is poised to cash in on. Why the White House has its sights set on West Lafayette as a potential hub for the next wave of high tech. Plus, Fisher's in the fast lane. Big economic development deals that will fuel jobs and growth. And supply and demand in the classroom. We drill down on potential solutions to the teacher shortage in Indiana. Inside Indiana Business starts now. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Semiconductors, they fuel virtually everything we do. And Indiana's bid to become a hub for an industry poised for explosive growth received a big boost this week from some high-profile visitors. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo visited Purdue University this week, touring the university's Burke Nanotechnology Center, learning about Purdue's new semiconductor degree programs, and also checking out one of the nation's largest clean rooms. This is the U.S. government looks to create 20 tech and innovation hubs around the country. And with that, the potential for huge investments and jobs. We'll be joined by Purdue President Mitch Daniels in a moment. But first, here's Mary Rachel Redman from West Lafayette. From Skywater to media tech and the groundbreaking work at Discovery Park, one thing is certain, Purdue is ahead of the curve in the rapidly growing semiconductor space and is a major player in the race to put the United States in the driver's seat to be a global leader in microelectronics. Remarkable leadership across the board in making sure uh, here at Purdue that the United States uh, remains uh, the great technology leader in the world. This place is maybe one of the most inspiring human fabs that I've ever seen. The CHIPS Act is a, it's an investment in America. It's actually the biggest uh, investment in um, kind of industrial policy, research and development that we've seen in a generation in America. The opportunity to create hundreds of thousands of high paying jobs in the semiconductor industry all over America, including in the heartland right here in Indiana. Uh, and Purdue, what's happening here is at the heart, is at the heart and soul of that and the center of that. And Purdue is already poised to grow the future workforce, offering the nation's first comprehensive semiconductor degree. We feel profoundly our responsibility uh, to uh, turn out as many high-class uh, new talents for this uh, state and nation as we can to contribute to the economic vitality of state and nation through our research. And uh, we've grown it, 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 it quickly in order to do that here. This will be, I do truly believe, a center of semiconductor advance and, uh, and production uh, in the uh, decades ahead. Again, Secretary Blinken stressed what's going on right here on Purdue's campus goes directly to the United States standing and leadership on the world stage. Reporting in West Lafayette, Mary Rachel Redman, Inside Indiana Business. Well, Purdue President Mitch Daniels hosted a fireside chat with those special guests, as well as Governor Holcomb and Senator uh, Todd Young, about building a semiconductor ecosystem in Indiana. So let's go back to West Lafayette now in the office of the president, uh, Mitch Daniels. President Daniels, thanks as always for joining us. 
Hey, Gary. Uh, give us your take. I mean, this was a high-profile visit, to be sure. Uh, was this a, a normal visit? Can we read anything into this in terms of, uh, of how the White House, how, how the, the U.S. government views Purdue and more broadly views Indiana in terms of what's going on here and what it can uh, play in terms of that whole semiconductor uh, sector? I think you can read a lot into it. And uh, I can't say it any better than the two secretaries did while they were here. Um, they used the terms like blown away uh, as they came away from the tour or the meeting our researchers and our students. I think they uh, were really struck, as, uh, as a lot of visitors are here, at the fact that Purdue, while in the vanguard of the, of the best high-tech universities in the country, is doing it at scale. And um, at a bigger scale than we've ever been before, two thirds of our students are now studying a STEM discipline. And uh, this is exactly what was on the minds of the secretaries. Um, obviously, they have to think about our challenges in semiconductors and high tech at a national scale. And uh, Purdue is, is uh, unique in, in responding the way we are. Mitch, what, what in your view, to kind of put it in perspective for those who don't follow this, what's the potential here as you look at, at what's about to happen in terms of investment and jobs in the semiconductor, the chip uh, sector? What's the potential for Purdue and then more broadly for Indiana? Right. Let's think about it, uh, in Indiana, because I always do. I think it's enormous. People des describe semiconductors as the oil of the of the next uh, economy <laughs> or the one we've entered. And that's probably not a big exaggeration. So if we can be, as the secretaries believe, and as I have believed, a uh, home for uh, much of that, uh, this is this would be a whole new era of jobs and economic hope for our state. Gary, you and I have talked for, gee, almost two decades now uh, about the possibility that uh, Indiana, by being having a welcoming, po uh, positive business environment, was becoming more and more advantageous compared to the coast, mm -hmm. uh, which are so expensive, uh, so inconvenient, and often so hostile to business. So if you take that uh, that basic uh, equation and overlay the, the possibilities that we can bring to the table, what Purdue can in uh, technology, uh, we could uh, be at the at the front edge of something very big. And you're already seeing the impact with Skywater Technology and MediaTek, two big announcements there at Purdue uh, that uh, will generate uh, lots of jobs and lots of investment. Right. And we really believe this is just the front edge. There are other companies. There were some here just this uh, on the day of the secretary's visit, uh, scouting, so to speak, uh, uh, us as a as a possible location, yeah, much as, uh, uh, for example, the uh, Honda success of a few years ago, we mm -hmm. knew was not only big in its own right, but would bring suppliers and uh, and business partners along in its wake. That's what's going to happen here. And uh, I think the state has taken all the right steps to encourage this. And, and uh, we at Purdue feel that uh, we have a special uh, opportunity, which is to say a special responsibility to uh, lead this new uh, breakthrough. Hey, uh, very quickly, uh, because I only have about 20 seconds, but uh, again, recently Purdue uh, ranked number six in the world in terms of uh, uh, receiving uh, U.S. Uh, utility patents. Uh, puts it in, it's a pretty rarefied air. Once again, we've always seen uh, our duties, not just the 
teach uh, students, not just to do research ourselves, but to uh, trigger economic growth for all our neighbors and for our state. And uh, yes, our ecosystem, our entrepreneurial ecosystem is always now in the top 10 in patents and startup companies. And we got to keep that going. Purdue President Mitch Daniels, really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk with us. I know we'll be talking a lot more about it in the coming weeks and months. Thanks for joining us. Well, another example of big investment in new technology in Indiana, this time in Grant County. General Motors Company confirming this week plans to invest $491 million to expand and upgrade its Marion Metal Center. The major investment part of GM's $35 billion plan to build 1 million electric vehicles by 2025. GM says the investment makes Marion a key part of that plan. The Marion expansion will not result in any new jobs, but is viewed as a big vote of confidence for the plant, which last year celebrated its 65th anniversary and currently employs more than 750 workers. A billion-dollar business boom is taking off in Fishers. Investment from auto racing to hockey to a new event center with a high-profile tenant. Fishers Mayor Scott Badness joins us next to break it all down. Plus, how a simple moment with family can help heal job loss. We're jumping on his little trampoline down in the basement. We're playing this game where we have these plastic cowboy hats, and you jump until the plastic hat falls off. And... (laughs) We kept doing it over and over again. And here I am kind of feeling sorry for myself all week. And he's just laughing uproariously at the plastic hat falling off. And it just kind of hit me that, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Great conversation with popular radio personality, Derek Schultz on losing his afternoon radio sports gig, what he's up to now and what's next on the Business and Beyond podcast. You can find it starting Monday at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Well, a lot has certainly changed in Fishers since it transitioned from a town to a city in 2015, and there is much more on the way. This week, the Hamilton County City announced a more than $1 billion in economic development and entertainment projects. The largest single-day announcement in the city's history includes a new event center that will be home to the Indy Fuel. And joining me now with details on the major projects and the potential impact, pleased to welcome back to the show Mayor Scott Fadness. Mayor, thanks for being here. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Gary. A billion dollars that you'll take to the city council on Monday in the week ahead. Um, been momentum building in Fishers for quite a while, but this uh, this really kind of yeah. goes over the edge a bit. That's well, a big Monday, a $1.1 yeah. $1. $1 billion uh, agenda for our city council. And it's just such a wide variety of economic yeah. development. It's not just one particular industry. Yeah. As you look at that, Andretti uh, Autosport was the first of these announcements several weeks ago. $200 million, uh, 500 jobs in a new uh, global headquarters there. But now announcing other uh, deals, including an extension of the Fishers District, which has been I think by all accounts, very successful phase one. This is that next phase, $650 million, restaurants, retail, uh, and an entertainment center that will be home to the Indy Fuel. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. The district has been wildly popular with our residents, and it just is a great proof of concept of the kind of the future of retail. And so with Thompson Thrift as a master developer, we're kind of blowing that out and turning it into an overall really innovation-driven and entertainment-driven area that's going to have office, hotels. And that event center is really going to be the epicenter with uh, 6,500 seats uh, for uh, a hockey game and then up to 8,000 for concerts. As you look at well, how did that 
how the Indy Fuel deal come together? I think that raised a lot of eyebrows, folks. Oh, wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Well, Jim Hallett, uh, you know, as chairman of Car Global, has been a, a friend and, and a mentor to me, frankly, over the years. And we've talked about it a number of times. Never been the right fit. And then all of a sudden, we put all this together. Paul Thrift, uh, Jim Hallett, and I sat down and started brainstorming. And yeah. here we are today. Uh, as you look at uh, other events that could be in there, you got hockey, that's a high-profile thing, but what other events could we see coming in? Well, you can go from uh, the basic. Our kids don't graduate in our hometown. If you're a Fisher's graduate, we don't have a facility big enough for you to even walk across the stage. So from a kid graduating high school to our HSC Fisher's basketball games to world-class concerts, yeah. Disney on Ice, things of that nature, I think it's going to be a well-utilized facility, and then it's wrapped with just a really amazing vision for walkability and retail and and mixed yeah. use. You talk about retail, you're going to have a big expansion of retail as part of this. What kinds of retailers? Who's, who's showing interest? Yeah, I mean, Gary, I, we've really attempted to get best in class, you know, with Top Golf, IKEA, 1933 Lounge. I think you're going to see that caliber from a national platform. That's who we're talking to already. And that's who I think Fishers is going to experience is really a kind of world class mm -hmm. retail right in this epicenter. Got to ask before we leave, Stefan Auto Group is another part of this. They announced a big uh, investment some time ago, but now announcing as part of this $1 billion, a massive expansion of that in terms of investment and jobs. Yeah, we're excited. You know, we kind of pivoted a little bit from our yeah. entrepreneurial tech background yeah. uh, to life sciences about a year and a half ago, and we're closing in on a billion dollars of life science investment in its own right. And Stevan Auto going from $140 million to $500 million is an incredible step forward for us. They're an amazing company, and we're excited to see steel already going up, yeah. frankly. All right. Fisher's Mayor Scott Fadness, a lot going on to put it mildly in Fishers. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. We'll travel just a short distance up I-69 from Fishers, and you will find signs of economic momentum in Muncie and Delaware County. It's an area that has been hit hard by manufacturing losses over the years and uh, has seen hundreds of millions of dollars in investment, though, this year with plans for hundreds of new jobs. Local economic development officials created a change in strategy for the success. Instead of waiting for the state to bring prospects to them, they decided to go out and get deals themselves. I want to bring companies in here. I want to spend a day. If we have to spend two days with them, uh, I want to show them our community because I'm not selling them a building. I want to sell them our community. I want them to know what kind of community that they're going to uh, bring their companies to. Uh, we even started taking them to the school systems because we would explain to them, these kids that you're coming in and seeing now possibly could be your CEO in 20 or 30 years. Now, among the Delaware County deals, Poland-based CanPack to invest $385 million and create 345 jobs at a canned manufacturing plant. The nation's largest vertical farming company, Living Greens, to invest $70 million and add 120 jobs. And Italy-based filter manufacturer, Filtech, uh, it will uh, establish its North American headquarters in Delaware County. Coming up next, sounding the alarm on the teacher shortage in Indiana. A look at what's keeping them away from the classroom and a potential solution from a longtime Indianapolis educator. It's IBJ Dave Lindquist with a look at what's behind new branding tying four Indianapolis neighborhoods together. New Indiana tax credits aimed at luring more out-of-state investment. And the last days of longtime Indiana developer Duke Realty. This is Alex Brown. Get caught up on the state's top business news every business day with Inside Indiana Business Radio On Demand. 
This twice daily podcast features our statewide Inside Indiana Business radio reports with additional bonus content that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. You can listen now on the podcast page at InsideIndianaBusiness.com or subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As we go around Indiana now, Rush County running with the big dogs. Missouri-based Diamond Pet Foods has broken ground on its planned $200 million manufacturing plant in Rushville. That Rushville plant will be the company's first in the Midwest and is one of the largest private investments in the city's history. Plans call for the plant to employ eventually more than 170 workers. To Northern Indiana now and the University of Notre Dame dedicating a new hydroelectric facility on the St. Joseph River in the heart of downtown South Bend. The power plant will generate electricity for campus via an underground transmission line. Indy Hydro has been operational since May. The project uh, included more than 6,700 cubic yards of poured and precast concrete plus 1 million pounds of steel. It's time now for Eye on Education. Indiana State University making a bold statement with the largest fundraising campaign in school history. ISU uh, is this weekend opening the public phase of its $100 million Be So Bold campaign with commitments for more than 60% of that goal already in hand. President Deborah Curtis tells me that level of support shows people care about ISU's mission. I love to deliver the message. Indiana State University is the state of Indiana's university. Most of our students come from the state. Most of them at a great number stay in this state, raise their families, become community members and taxpayers in this great state. And this message from our donors is saying, we want to help you do that. We want to help you do that more. And you and I know in this economic environment, Indiana needs this more than ever before. Curtis says the campaign will fund scholarships, faculty additions, experiential learning, and athletics. Well, there's a huge supply and demand problem in Indiana classrooms. Not enough educators to teach Hoosier students. Check this alarming stat from the Indiana Department of Education. In mid-August, when most schools reopened for the year, nearly 1,700 teachers were needed in Indiana classrooms. What's behind the teacher shortage? Well, the paycheck for one, Indiana ranks 41st in teacher pay, forcing many educators to work second jobs to make ends meet. Are there potential solutions to tackling the shortage? Well, the state has relaxed teacher licensing requirements to get more talented people in the classroom. But Ron Colley High School President Chuck Weisenbach says, well, that's a great move. So far, it's not resonating. The message somehow is not, is not getting out in the filtered way that it needs to be, because I'm just convinced, Gary, beyond a reasonable doubt, that there are people out there either out of the workforce right now, people who've retired, people who are considering retirement, people who'd like to do partial retirement, people who'd like to do career change. Those people are all out there who have an idea, you know what, I, maybe I could tackle a chemistry class, maybe I could tackle algebra, maybe I could tackle some creative writing courses, but they don't think they have any option to do that. So somehow we've got to continue to get a message out that right now it's all hands on deck. And it won't be hard to read scores anymore at Rose Holman Institute of Technology in Terre Haute. The university now has the third largest state-of-the-art scoreboard among NCAA Division III schools east of the Mississippi. That's all thanks to a $1 million gift from alumnus Pat Noyes and his wife Cindy. The massive scoreboard located at the east end of Phil Brown's football field and Bill Welch Outdoor Track Stadium. 
Terre Haute snatches a big conference from Las Vegas. More on that next. It's time to go inside innovation. Well, it will be another two weeks before the St. Joseph County Council will vote uh, for a final time on an incentive package for a potential $2.4 billion electric vehicle battery manufacturing facility in New Carlisle. Ultium Cells wants to build a 2.5 million square foot facility, which could bring 1,600 jobs to St. Joseph County. Ultium is a joint venture between General Motors and LG Energy Solution in South Korea. The company considering several sites for the facility, including that site in New Carlisle. Well, it's time now for the Business of Health and a unique national conference leaving Las Vegas for Terre Haute. Kylie Delette, That's right. Details. This one focused on the health of first responders. The National Law Enforcement Survival Summit will be in October to help first responders focus on their mental health and well-being. It is close to the heart of Shelley Klingerman. Her brother, Terre Haute Detective Greg Ferency, was killed a little over a year ago. He's one of three local officers who have died in the line of duty in the last 10 years. She founded Project Never Broken to support the law enforcement community, and the nonprofit helped bring the summit to Terre Haute. Klingerman says the four-day conference will bring many mental health resources to one place, including officers trained in crisis intervention. It's really intentional as we're all trying to do is break the stigma uh, of asking for help. So the trainers who are going to be here are people who have had to ask for help and perhaps wouldn't be here had they not. And they're going to share their stories um, in a very vulnerable way so that those in the audience listening can potentially relate and know it's okay and you can get past it. Klingerman says the life expectancy of law enforcement officers is 20 years shorter compared to civilians and first responders also face higher suicide risk. The Elevance Health Foundation, formerly the Anthem Foundation, is committing nearly $23 million for programs to make people healthier through good nutrition. The Indianapolis-based nonprofit says the grants will focus on using food to help prevent or manage chronic conditions and provide nutrition and health education. The foundation says it will award more than $14 million to the Feeding America Network to expand its existing food as medicine program. The funding, which is the largest grant in the foundation's history, will also help fund up to 30 member food banks that are working with healthcare partners. You know that um, Fallen Officers Convention, very unique and uh, the great mission, the convention itself. But one thing that stood out when I heard you say the convention moving from Vegas, from right. Las Vegas to Terre Haute, that's a coup for Terre Haute. Uh, it really is. A, it's a funny move, like you said, but Terre Haute has a new $25 million yeah. convention center. It's right next door to the renovated Holman Center. This is actually the first big conference that they're going to have there. And she says it wasn't hard to get them to the Midwest because we have this warm yeah. reputation kind of wrapping our arms yeah. around this officer having that down home. Midwestern feel. So it wasn't a hard sell, she That's says. That's good. Well, good news for Terre Haute, uh, doubly. Sure. Very good. Thanks, Kylie. Well, before we go, grab your popcorn. The 31st Heartland International Film Festival is just around the corner. The lineup for the mid-October event includes 11 Indiana Spotlight films, more than 115 feature films, including 11 world premieres and three from the U.S. Since 1992, more than $3 million in cash prizes have been handed out, the largest total amount awarded by any film festival in North America. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.
Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.